0: Amen. Let's let's not move from the attitude of worship. You know, I'm not one of those people that uh, I'm not one of those people that thinks you know the only way to worship God is with hymns, okay? And I love hymns, even if I mess them all up, I still like them. Amen. Even if I mess them all up, I like them. Uh, but I think it's important for us to understand that that. We can worship God in anything as long as God is the object of our worship, amen? As long as God's the focus of why I'm singing, amen? Uh, We need to, you know, I want to stay away from singing like it's about me because worship is about God, amen? So I want to, I just want to, I just want to sing a little bit more. I just want to, I just want to worship God just a little more.
1: Thank you, Lord. Oh, Lord, you're beautiful. Your face is all I see. For in your Go ahead, Mike. I want to take it over and, and shine it all around. First let me just to live it low. And when I'm doing well, help me to never see a crown for my reward. He is giving glory to you.
0: Lord, we come before you this morning, God, with hearts that have no other objective, God, than to lift up praise and to lift up honor to who you are. Lord Jesus, we love you. Lord, we want to give you all the praise that's within our hearts, that's on our lips. Because you alone are worthy. You alone deserve all the glory. Let's sing that. You deserve the
1: glory.
0: And the
1: honor. As we lift our hands in worship. We magnify your And the honor. Lord, we lift our hands to worship. As we magnify your name. For you are great. You do miracles so great.
0: Lord, we just thank you even if I can't remember all the words to all these songs, we thank you, God. I think it's important to have these moments. Amen. Praise God for everything that he's done. It ain't about me, it ain't about you. It's about giving God the glory and the honor he deserves. Amen? Amen. And I don't think we ought to get in a hurry to go with our program. I think we ought to be sensitive to what God wants us to and wants from us, amen? Amen. He wants more than ritual. He wants more than than an an outline service that goes a certain way, but he wants our heart, everything in us, amen? Amen. Even from saved people who are truly born again and bought with his blood, we still have to take a conscious effort sometimes to just praise God, amen? amen? Take a moment and say, thank you, Lord for everything you've done for me. Amen. 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 Jesus, Amen. Thank you, guys. Lover of my soul. Jesus,
1: I will never let you go. you me from the mighty place. You set my feet upon this rock. And now
0: But we come here this morning with one purpose, and that is to lift up your name, Jesus. Lord, I pray that you would help us as we transition from worship in song to worship in the word and into fellowship. And let everything be done in decency and in order, God, and with your spirit leading the way. We ask this in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. Thank you, sir. All right, praise the Lord. Got announcements now. Do I need to dismiss children first or do announcements first? Do announcements. Okay, I'm doing announcements first. Number one, Agape Fellowship Church weekly announcements and agenda. Discipleship evenings. discipleship Sunday night evening service tonight at six p.m. Wednesday ladies prayer brunch at ten a.m. Bring a covered dish if you can. Midweek service. Wednesday, Impact Wednesday services are at 6 p.m. Cockfield Narcotics Anonymous meets every Tuesday and Thursday here from 6 to 7. Agambe thrift Store is open Thursdays, 9 to 2. Next Sunday's fellowship meal will be tacos, bring a side that will complement that. Uh, I don't need to do the offering stuff, I mean, I No, but you do, do need to need
1: pray out. over it. Uh,
0: oh, we do need to pray on God. Now, before we before we actually start the offering, I want to. I got another announcement. We are prayerfully talking about either a Sunday school class or a Friday night Bible study class. I don't know which one we're going to do yet. Which one would be more uh, people would be more available to do. Uh, I know Sunday school class might work because some people might want to come to a Sunday school class. Maybe they're used to come to a Sunday school class. If that ain't going to work, we're going to talk about it a little more. But we're going to start one probably the first week of April. Maybe it's the second week of April because I know uh, Easter is on the first week. So be praying about that. Be thinking about it. Let me know. Whether Sundays are going to work better for you or a Friday evening will work better for you. Just be thinking about it. And if you know other people that would like to come, uh, get some idea maybe when they would be available. Okay? Can you do that? Amen? Yes? Praise God. Okay. Uh, We're going to receive the offering right now so I don't forget. (laughs) Which I'm apt to do. Go ahead. Pray for Shelly and her mom. Are they, something wrong with them? She didn't say. She didn't say she had emergencies. She had to leave. Oh, okay. It might be her kids or her grandkids. So we'll be praying for Shelly's family. Yeah. Since we don't know what's going on, let's pray for Shelly's family and we're going to pray for the offering. Father God, we thank you and praise you, Lord, for the opportunities that we have to give, Lord. Lord, we thank you that no matter what we're going through, God, that you are always faithful. Lord, that you take care of us, that you are our sustainer, God, that you give us all that we need to live for you, God. And we come today, willingly, God, we bring our offerings, our tithes into the storehouse, God, so that we can advance the gospel message in Coffeeville. Lord, I pray that you would bless each and every one that has to give and those who don't have to give, Lord. I pray, Lord, that you would give seed to the sower and bread to the eater. And, Lord, we know that you... You know what we have need of before we even ask, God. So let each and every one of us, as we give, give with a cheerful heart, God. Not grudgingly, but give as we've already purposed in our heart. And Lord, we lift up Shelly and her family and the other prayer requests that we had this morning, God. And we we trust you with them, God, because we know that you know what we have need of before we even ask. So, Lord, we know that you have provision and and a plan for each one of these situations, God. And we just ask that you would have your will, have your way, and help each and every one of these people in their situations. Lord, whether it's physical healing, whether it's uh, monetary needs, whether it's family needs, God, we know that you can do all things. And we're trusting that you will do what is best in each situation. Lord, we ask that you would help us this morning as we read your word. That you would give us hearts that can see, hear, and receive the message this morning, we ask this in Jesus' name. Amen and amen. Children eight and under, you are dismissed. Ha! That's a good question. Who's going to preach? She said, "Who's going to preach?" As children eight and under going. Away. You see what she did there, right? Alright, okay. Well, I'm not, I don't know where Ruth is and her family, but I'm praying for them too, okay? I'm just Huh? So yeah, where are they? Yeah, where are they? That's what I want to know. I'm praying for them. I love them, and I want them Where's to come here. Huh? So, Loris is not feeling well. We've got her on the prayer list. We, we mentioned her a little bit ago. So. <laughs> Alright, we're in John chapter 1. We're still in John chapter 1. We're, we're not going to go past John 1, 5. Okay? Where'd you go? <laughs> uh, you know, we we ended on John 1 and 3 last week, but I wasn't done with 3, so we're going to finish 3 and then move on to 4 and 5. Is that okay? Everybody's like, really? you got to spend 3 days on... Five verses? Yes. Okay, yes. Because there's a whole lot of stuff in here. And I don't know about you, but if you have gotten an opportunity to go to Facebook and listen to Sunday night and Wednesday night where we were in Genesis 1. Genesis 1. What did we end with on Genesis 1, Tammy? Wednesday night, Genesis 1. Where did we end? We were talking about day 1, right? What was Day 1. Let there be light. So this morning I titled this message For John chapter 1 Part 2 I titled it Let there be light" Because this part of John Begins with the same phrasing Amen Here they come Praise God This chapter of John Starts with the same phrasing Now I'm going to read out of King James real quick And then we'll jump back and forth Is that okay Oh, isn't it? You get to preach this week. I'm just, I'm just playing. I'm gonna study. I'm gonna do it a little weird this week. I'm gonna just read from the beginning of the chapter to where I'm gonna stop. Is that okay? <clears throat> chapter one, starting at verse one. In the beginning was the Word, and the Word was with God, and the Word was God. The same was in the beginning with God. All things were made by Him. And without him was not anything made that was made. In him was life. And the life was the light of men. And the light shineth in the darkness. And the darkness comprehended it not. Wow. That's good stuff. Now. I titled this "Let There Be Light" for that simple reason: is the first chapter of John and the first chapter of Genesis. What's the common? What's the common uh, phrasing at the beginning? John one, Genesis one, was to say, "In the beginning, God." Amen. John one one, in the beginning was the Word, and the Word was with God, and the Word was God. So let's rephrase it: In the beginning. God, Amen. John 1, Genesis 1. In the beginning, God. And then the next thing it says is that God made the heavens and the earth, right? Genesis 1 and 2, right? Or Genesis 1 and 1 says, in the beginning, God created the heavens and the earth, right? John 1 and verse 2, or verse 3, excuse me, all things were made by him. Amen. All things were made by him, and without him was nothing made that was made. So we have in Genesis 1 and 1, in the beginning, God created the heavens and the earth. uh, John 1 and verse 2 and 3, in the beginning, God created all things. All things were made by him and through him. This is the same phrasing, and John's doing this on purpose because he wants you to see this Jesus as God. Amen? Now, I'm moving on to the next portion. In Genesis 1 and 3, it said, and God said, let there be light, right? Yes. So we're seeing a common phrase here, too. Genesis, or John chapter 1, verse 4 says, in him was life, right? Yes. And that life was the light of men, and the light shining in the darkness, and the darkness does not comprehend it, Amen. Wow, that's good stuff. We're seeing a parallel between John and Genesis that keeps going, okay? And it's not coincidental, it's actually following a pattern here. Can you see it? That's why Wednesday night was titled, Let There Be Light. (laughs) And today's message is titled, Let There Be Light. Because that's the basis of the three verses that we're going to be talking about. Amen? All right. I want to read a few things for you. D.A. Carson says this on verse 3, okay, about verse 3. It says that the pre existent Christ created everything is a common theme in the New Testament. Even though the title word or the word ...in this connection is restricted to these present passages. The word or the phrasing that Jesus is the word is only mentioned here in John 1 and 1. It's not mentioned anywhere else in the Bible, okay? Uh, As far as giving Jesus the title, the word of God. Now, it's talked about all throughout Scripture. Jesus said that Moses testified about him, right? He said, if you would have listened to Moses, then you would have knew about me because Moses testifies of me. Amen. Well, well, how can he testify of him if he ain't in there, if he ain't talking about him? Amen. So, he agreeably, he's talking about himself being the word of God. Amen. Now, I'm going to finish my quote from uh, Mr. Dr. D.A. Carson. Okay? Uh, he says, this is a, a title or word in connection with is restricted to these present passages. Referring to Jesus, Paul says this, that all things were created by him and even for him, and that in him all things hold together. That is Colossians chapter 1, verse 16 through 17. The writer of Hebrews speaks of the Son of God as the one through whom God made the whole universe. Hebrews chapter 1, verse 2. The apocalypse, or the book of Revelation, presents him as the Amen, the faithful and true witness, the archie, the beginning, the originator, the ruler of God's creation. Revelation 3:14. And here, amen may be an attempt to render the Hebrew word amon in Proverbs 8:30, where wisdom is The craftsman of knowledge. Amen. So we understand the whole Bible paints Christ or the word of God as God being the creator of all things. Amen. The purpose of the Bible. What's the whole purpose of the Bible? People ask this question all the time. because We get this misunderstanding that these books are coincidentally put together. And just you know, happened to come together. Some you know, we somebody threw them up in the air, and they just kind of landed like this, and that's how we got them, you know. But the Bible, if you read everything in the Bible, talks about a future hope, a future hope, a future hope, a future hope, and it ends with Christ, who is our hope. Amen. And, and you can see it all throughout the Bible. You just go to Genesis three fifteen, where you can see that the the the, the The heel of the seed of the woman will crush the the seed of the serpent. Amen. This is what we call what? The Evangelium or the gospel at its infancy. Amen. We're talking about the seed. Amen. That's going to crush the head of the serpent. Amen. Amen. I want to read something that I wasn't intending on reading this morning. Uh, If I can remember where I put it. I think it's on 2348 in this Bible. It's talking about uh, covenant theology or seeing God's different covenants throughout the whole Bible. And it's a very important part of what I'm talking about this morning. So I want to go back and read this just for uh, just a paragraph here. Uh Here we go. Covenant theology therefore serves as an organizing principle that shows how biblical history and theology form a coherent, systematic whole, a unified message from the Garden of Eden to the New Jerusalem. As such, it views God's relationship with humanity in a covenantal form in terms of his relationship between two parties involving Stipulations and clear promises or threats depending on compliance. A covenant relationship or relations is a commitment that binds the parties to each other. Whether uh, whether it is negotiated as in marriage or business contracts or unilaterally imposed as in God, as in all God's covenants, mutual obligations are accepted and pledged from both parties. And then they go on and name different covenants. The covenant that he made with Noah, the covenant that he made with Abraham, the covenant that he made with Moses, the covenant that he made with David. And now we're living in what? The new covenant. Amen. That's the, the and they all point. Every one of those covenants pointed to this covenant. Amen? And this is the culmination. This, so when you're reading John, I want you to understand, you're reading the culmination of everything that God had planned on doing. Amen. It wasn't just happenstance that we get to John 1 where God is through John revealing to you that Jesus is the Christ. Amen. Amen. So in doing that we understand that Jesus is the Christ and God's whole plan of the whole Bible for Genesis 1 to now Is coming to fruition It's coming to fulfillment Amen John chapter 20 verse 31 He said what? He said I write these things that you would Know that Jesus Is the Christ The son of God And that knowing that, believing that You will have life in his name Amen So John is keying in On the whole principle That God had throughout all of scripture. And I just want you to note in your mind that the Pharisees called him and Peter unlearned men. Okay. Just just remember that while you're reading how poetic John writes this prologue. Okay. Because the Pharisees called him an unlearned man. Okay. That's a way that God says I'm going to take the foolish things of the world and confound the wise. because. I'm going to leave that right there
1: <laughs>
0: Leon that's why, that's why you have The pastor you have <laughs> It's because God's taking the foolish Things of the world To confound the wise Come on so I, I know I would do that amen on that <laughs> uh, Leon Morris titles This section of his commentary On uh, John 1 The word and creation He says this, the verb were made does not in itself specifically mean were created so much as they came into being. But in this context, the difference is insignificant. What John is saying is that everything in existence owes its existence to the word of God. Amen. Amen? Everything in existence owes its existence to Christ. Amen. Because what chapter th- uh, 1 verse 3 says is that all things were made by him. Right. All Now, excuse my French. Not all things. It doesn't say by him. No matter what translation you get, it says all things were made through him. Okay? Look at your King James. I want you to read. I going to show you something real quick. <clears throat> Verse 3, chapter 1 says, All things were made by him, and without him nothing was made that was made, right? Now watch this. <clears throat> if you read the uh, the ESV, all things were made through him. You know why they changed the term there instead of by him? Because the word in the Greek, that verb being used there, could be used two different ways. In the context of how it's written, the through speaks a lot more to the Trinity, whereas Jesus was the vessel through which God did these things. Amen? Uh, as opposed to Jesus doing it all by himself. Because Jesus doesn't do anything apart from the Father, and the Spirit doesn't do anything apart from the Son, and they don't do anything apart from the each other. Amen. So I think the word uh, "through" probably gives a better understanding of what's happening. Amen. Not him doing it by himself, because that's the connotation that some people are taking, and they they latch onto that and forget that there's not a separation between the Father the Son and the Spirit. Amen. Do we understand how we believe in you know, what the Trinity is? Amen. What's the difference? What do we believe about the Trinity? Well, number one, there's one God, right? He is separate in person, but he's equal in nature, and they're one, right? They're not three different ways that God shows himself. They call that modalism, where God the Father just pretends to be the Son, and then the Son it just pretends to be the Spirit. We don't believe that nonsense, right? We believe that there are three persons, but they're one. Amen. Three distinct persons, all equal in authority, all equal in essence, but distinctly three different persons. But they're one. Now, if you can explain that any better than I just did, I'll give you the microphone. I wrote a paper on this one time about. Uh, The Trinity, and they said, "Explain the Trinity." That was the—that was my. They didn't give me anything else. Just explain it. So I started my paper like this. I said, "So you want me to put into words the doctrine of the Trinity of an unsearchable, unknowable God that I can not hope to." of knowledge, I would never be able to encompass everything, and you want me to wrap that up in a two-page paper about yeah. how that works. Can you do that real quick? <laughs> now, I ended up doing it, but I did it in three, page- three pages, <laughs> and I don't know that I did great, but I did my best, Okay. Yeah. Yeah, what, what, uh, what Morris points out that this verb uh, can mean, it, it, you can write it, were made by him, but I think made through him makes a little more sense in the context of the surrounding uh, scripture, okay? Uh, if you notice when it says, all things were made by him without him, nothing was made that was made, in him was life, and that life was the light of men. I, the reason I say go back instead of going through him, instead of saying by him, go through him, is because in the previous verses it said the word was with God. It's already speaking to the Trinity, right? You're already having a reference in John's understanding that although Christ is God, he was also with God, and it's also a Godhead, amen? And in John, we learn very distinctly the the message of the Trinity, the the yeah. understanding that there's a Father, a Son, and the Holy Spirit, and people go, "Well, where's that at?" Okay, Jesus is baptized. You see the Father speaking from heaven. You see the Son in the water, and you see the Spirit of God descending upon Him like a dove. So do we need to even go any farther in our understanding that there's three, but they're one? Amen. Huh? Yep. Mic drop. Yeah. I'm not dropping this one again. I already I dropped it pretty hard up last week. I don't know what I'm The note that it says all things were made through him. Uh, the King James does say by him, but I think they. If you the ESV, I believe in verse three says through him as well, doesn't it? Doesn't it? I think it does. Verse three says through him, right? Yeah. Yeah, because they're they're giving you a more literal translation of that verb with the surrounding kind of context. Not that the way that the King James wrote it is wrong. I'm just saying you have a clearer understanding that it's talking more Trinitarian than what we might realize. Amen. All right, I got a couple notes here. I'd like somebody be real shocked, right? Now. Show me your shocked face. Yeah, Tammy, Tammy one. Made through him follows the consistent pattern of scripture in saying that God the Father carried out his creative work through the activity of the Son. Now it gives you a verse here and I want to go look this verse up since I have three different Bibles here. I can open one and still look at the other. Go to 1 Corinthians chapter 8. 1 Corinthians chapter 8. Verse 6 says, yet for us there is one God, the Father, from whom are all things and for whom we exist. And one Lord, Jesus Christ, through whom are all things and through whom we exist. Notice that in this context, Paul is using Father making the work through the Son. Do you see that? Amen. It's what it says, right? Uh, I don't I haven't read it out of the King James, but is it saying the word through in the King James there? Uh John, Yep. by whom. Notice that in the same context, King James is using the word by whom, okay? By whom. That's why I'm saying that verb that they use for by, where the King James says by and the the ESV and the NIV say through, that verb can mean through, and it doesn't necessarily mean by in our thinking. The word by in 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 1611, King James English had the connotation of through or the mode that it was being done through. Amen. That's why in, in this context, you can see it a lot clearer that Jesus is being used by the Father to do or to push these things through. Amen. Now watch this. Got one more verse out of all this. Uh, go to Colossians 1. Colossians 1, 16. <clears throat> and I'm, I'm pretty sure we're going to have the same thing that King James is going to say by, okay? Uh, for by him all things were created. Now this is, we can start at verse 15 because this is the preeminence of Christ in this uh, section, okay? Verse 15, it says, He is the image of the invisible God, the firstborn of all creation, for by him all things were created in heaven and in earth, visible and invisible, whether thrones or dominions or rulers or authorities. All things were created through him and for him. Now, in the King James there, Mike, at the end of that verse, does it say through him or by him? Colossians 1 Verse 16 Does it say by? It doesn't say by? That's what I'm telling you See how that verb can be used And and a a more uh, Just narrowing it down a little more The verb being translated in modern day English To through Makes sense But if you were in 1611 King James English You would take that verb As through And not just by Amen because it's got a double meaning there, okay? Uh, so, anyway, I wanted to elaborate on that just a little bit because I know we all have different Bibles and different ways to understand this. But we, we see a consistent pattern that God the Father, both of these say that God the Father made things through Christ. Again, Paul says it, John says it, Peter ends up saying it, okay? It's a consistent message throughout Scripture. I'm just pointing it out for your benefit so that when somebody says, Oh, no, there ain't no trinity. You go, hold on a minute. The Father made everything through the Son. So if there isn't a Father and a Son, then how did that work? Amen? amen. Amen? Come on. They said that that the Father made stuff through Christ. Amen? Amen? So we know that God the Father spoke. When he spoke, it was the Son that was causing these things to happen, and the Spirit who holds them together. Amen? It's, it's not uh, some weird, uh, uh, some people think when they think about the Trinity, like we got some schizophrenic God who doesn't know who he is. No, that's not what we're talking about. They are all three distinct personalities, but they're still one. Amen? Uh, now, you can say, well, that's not right. It doesn't work. Well, my wife and I are one flesh. Take that. Amen. I could mic drop on that one, okay. On. <laughs> could mic drop on that one? The two shall become one flesh, okay. Amen. I'm just gonna leave that right there. I'll, I don't think I need to do any more defending right there. I'm done. Uh, go back to John. We're gonna, I got I got another note over here. I want to read uh, this one. I loved I loved this note uh, in the Reformation Study Bible it says. All things were made through him. this verse also emphasizes the deity of the word of God. Since creation belongs to God alone, then this has to be God we're talking about. Amen. There's nowhere else, no other person, no other Christian denomination is going to deny the fact that God made everything. Right? So once we understand John 1 and 3, all things were made by him. Amen. Amen. And, and without him, nothing was made that was made. Amen. So Amen. once we understand that, we have a firm grasp that this Jesus, the Word of God that we're talking about, he is God. Amen. Amen. Nothing else. He's not just a good man. He's not just a, a prophet. He's not just a good teacher. He's God in the flesh. Amen. Amen. Which is what we were waiting for anyway, right? Yes. And then what the Hebrew people were waiting for? Emmanuel. God with you, right? Amen. The virgin will give birth, right? You'll call his name Emmanuel. This was in Isaiah's day, okay? So we, we can't be surprised. God is faithful to fulfill his promise. Amen. Tap the baby on the shoulder and tell him God will fulfill his promise. Alright. I know I start, look I know I started again. On verse 3 where I left off last week and I threw some people off because they were like, surely he's going to read, you know, 4, 5, and 6 now. I can't do that because 6 starts a whole different kind of thought. You get John the Baptist in verse 6, you know what I mean? So you got to talk about something else there, amen? Talk about the witnesses of who come to witness about Christ, okay? So you can look forward to that next week. Go ahead. That they did not comprehend him in the King James. He he says, overcome. Yep. And comprehend is to understand something. I'll show you that. I'm getting there. Okay. I'm going to show you that. I'm going to show you that. No, it's not a discrepancy. I'll show you that it's not a discrepancy. Okay. I will show you completely that it's not a discrepancy. I started again in verse 3 because it emphasizes the deity of Jesus. It emphasizes the Godhead. It emphasizes the Word, creating all things. It is a declaration of the Word's deity. Okay, and I started there for a reason because this is the whole point of John's book. Amen? Is to show you the deity of Christ. Without Him is a declaration that without the Word, if the Word did not create anything, then nothing would exist. Amen. Right? Let me put it to you this way. I, I thought about it this way. This is not some deep theological thing. I didn't look it up in a book. You can't go find it as far as I know. But if the word never existed, you wouldn't exist. Yeah. Let's just put it that way, okay? If the word never was spoken, you wouldn't be here. Amen? That's what this is emphasizing. Nothing would be here. That's right. Nothing would be met. That's what it says, right? Verse 3. Nothing would be made that was made. You know what that word means in the Greek? Tell me. Nothing.
1: Nothing.
0: <laughs> be no Let's move on to verse 4. Now, I got a bunch of verses for this, and I don't want to look them all up. You know, I totally missed that joke one right over my head. But that is funny. <laughs> that Greek word for nothing there, you know what it means? Nothing. Nothing. <laughs> In him was life Now this is important for us to grasp This is something that John talks about Over and over and over In his gospel, okay John 14, 6 I am the way, the truth And the life Amen Not I'm a way Not I'm a truth Not I'm a life He said I am the way The truth the life. That means if Jesus doesn't want it to live, it ain't here. Amen. Because he is life. He isn't, he doesn't just give life. He didn't just have life. He is life. Amen. 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 Now, John 10 and 10. Let's jump over to John 10 and 10. I'm going to show you a few verses that talk about the life that is Christ, okay? John 10, verse 10 says that. Thief comes only to steal, kill, and destroy. I come that they might have life and of ab- it abundantly. Amen? Amen. Let's go to John chapter 6. Flip, uh, flip back to John 6 verse 48. John yeah. 6, 48. If I can find it, I'll read it. Yeah. I am the bread of life. Come on. I am the bread of life. John 6.33. We'll go back a little bit. John 6.33 in the same chapter he says, for the bread of God is he. Notice, the bread is he. Not it. He. Well, he who's he? Christ. He said, the bread of God is he. Who comes down from heaven and gives life to the world. Let's keep going. I'm not done. John uh, 6, 27. Go back just a little bit farther in this same chapter. Okay. He says, "Do uh, do not work for the food that perishes, but the food that endures to eternal life, which the Son of Man will give you. For on Him, God the Father has set His seal. And if you go back to the end of John six, look. i want to give you the notes how I looked them up. Okay. So when they're all out of order, you can just go one way. Okay. John six fifty eight. Okay. Six fifty eight. He's ending his thought on the bread of life. John six fifty eight says, "This is the bread that came down from heaven." Not like the bread your fathers ate and died. Whoever feeds on this bread will live forever. Now, who's the bread of life? Christ. Right? He's telling you. Now, what's he saying? It's not like the bread your fathers ate. What's he talking about? Manna. Manna in the wilderness. Remember when they ate manna in the wilderness? All their people ate manna for 40 years in the wilderness. But guess what? They all died. And Jesus is telling you if you eat this bread, you'll never die. Amen? Now notice at the last supper, he said, this is my body broken for you. What did he break? Bread. Amen? Amen? Whoever eats this bread and drinks my, whoever eats my flesh and drinks my blood, Right? Now what he said, so what's the, the, if anybody drinks my blood, well obviously we're not really drinking his blood, right? What he's saying is if you participate in this supper, if you understand the meaning of the broken bread, do you understand that the last supper or the feast that they were celebrating had been celebrated for centuries yeah. and they had all broken that bread hundreds of thousands of times? Every Passover, okay, they're breaking this bread, okay? But they didn't understand the meaning of the bread, okay? Did you know that when they broke a piece of that bread, this is centuries before Christ physically came to earth, they would break that piece of bread and they'd take one piece and they'd hide it in a napkin. And then they'd go get it later. You understand? This is a representation of Christ's body broken for you. Laid in a cave. Laid in the grave. Covered with grave clothes. Remember that? They did that. And then they go get that bread later. Jesus rose from the dead just like they go get that other piece and unwrap it. Are you seeing that? They didn't know what they were doing. So when he gave them the cup, this is the cup of the new covenant. He's telling them, do you realize that the Passover is celebrating the new or the coming, King, the coming covenant that they were going to have? Because the prophet Jeremiah said, behold, the days are coming, that I will make a new covenant with my people, Israel, and it will not be like the former days. Amen? Amen. Not like the covenant that I made with Moses taking you out of Egypt. It will be a new covenant. Amen? Amen? Come on, this is it. We're in it. We just talked about covenants before I started this whole thing for a reason. Because we're in this new covenant. Amen? Right. So I can't say. You know, people get all bit out of shape when we talk about, oh, I give my heart to the Lord. Okay. Well, okay, let's take it in concept of, in the concept of understanding. Once the Lord has moved on to my heart, I do feel myself willingly giving myself to Christ. Amen. So let's just stop arguing over semantics, because we all know that nobody, not one person on the face of the earth, has ever got saved without God coming and moving on their heart. It doesn't happen. Amen. 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 You're not saved by your own works. You're not even saved because you're walking around just waiting to get saved. Amen. You get saved because God moves on your heart. But that doesn't change the fact that once my heart's been moved on, I go, God, I give myself away. So I can sing that song even. I give myself away. I give myself away. Right? I can sing that song. It's true of me. Amen. My heart got moved on. And now I willingly really want to give myself away to God. Amen? Yes, it's not a bad thing. We just need to take it and understand it right. Amen? Amen? Just like these verses, they didn't understand the Passover like we do now, seeing it from behind the cross. Amen. 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 Huh. I have one more. I got a little note here. I want to read <clears throat> like normal. I got to go back to John. I? No. No, John one. Go to John one. <clears throat> Says this. In him was life, another affirmation of the deity of the Son of God as well as the Father has life in himself. If you will, turn to John 5 and 6, and this is a good verse that talks about the deity of Christ but also the Trinitarian nature of God. Okay? John 5 verse 6 says this. Uh, when Jesus saw him, am I in the right one? Hold on. First John, First John, I'm sure. Of it. Let me let me get my. Isn't that First John? Hold on, I'm gonna, I'm gonna get there.
1: I'll be there. sick.
0: Well, if I figure out where First John is in my Bible, read a note on one four, Cal. Chapter 1, verse 4, read the notes real quick. Is it First John? No, just one second,
1: everybody.
0: <laughs> I'll get there. I, I just didn't read my note. I read my note too quick, okay? Read my note. 526. 526, five twenty-six, John five twenty-six, not 526. John, John, chapter five, verse twenty-six. Here we go. I got the right one. I, sometimes my own handwriting gets me. Okay. <laughs> for, for as the Father has life in Himself, so He has granted the Son to have life in Himself, and He has given Him authority exercise judgment because he is the son of man do not marvel at this for an hour is coming when all who are in the tombs will hear his voice and come out those who have done good to the resurrection of the life and those who have done evil to the resurrection of judgment now notice that in this it's saying that the father has life and has given the son authority to give life too amen so we go back to John 1, 3, where all things were made through him and not just by him because we're seeing that John sees God the Father, God the Son, and God the Holy Spirit. Amen. You can see it in John's thought process. Amen. Amen. All right, I'm going to flip back here and give you a couple more notes. Uh, I had a highlighted portion of notes. From the King James Study Bible, I want to read it to you real quick. It says this. It says, the references to life and light and darkness continue to draw on the Genesis theme. Now you see that the King James Study Bible, people are seeing the same thing. We're seeing that there is a connection between John 1 and Genesis 1. And John was purposely drawing this distinction because he believed that Jesus was God. Amen. Yes. That's that's uh that's the biggest part that we need to get in our own understanding of this part. Against the background of uh against this background from Genesis, Jesus is seen as the light brings to this dark world true knowledge, moral purity, and the light. That shows the very presence of God. Now I want, to, I want to move on from there real quick to the second part of verse 4. Where it says in him was life. And this life brought light to all men. Now I want you to understand. We're drawing a distinction from Genesis. Now in Genesis. Light came into the darkness. And darkness didn't overcome it. Can't overcome it. Right? If we turned all the lights off in here, it would get dark. But what would happen once we switch light, the lights back on? Immediately, darkness is gone. Right? Now, this is also a spiritual principle. That when Jesus came into the world, he brought light to darken minds, darkened, uh, darkened thoughts, darkened hearts. It's all throughout scripture, Okay? Go with me to John 3.16. And we're going to read this, and I want you to see. John 3.16. We're going to start right there at 16 and we're going to keep going. <clears throat> For God so loved the world that he gave his only son that whoever believes in him should not perish but have eternal life. For God did not send his son into the world to condemn the world, but in order that the world might be saved through him. Now, I want you to walk in your Bible if you're comfortable with it. Starting at verse 18, we see what the light is going to do. Okay. Whoever believes in him is not condemned, but whoever does believe or whoever does, whoever does believe is not condemned. But whoever does not believe is condemned already because he does not believe in the name of the Son of God. This is the judgment that comes into the world. Light has come into the world and people love darkness rather than light because their works or their deeds are evil. For everyone who does wicked hates the light and does not come into the light, lest his works should be exposed But whoever does what is true comes into the light so that it may be clearly seen that his works have been carried out in God. Now, do you see how the light can mean the darkness does not comprehend it? It's not a contradiction in verse 5 from the King James to the ESV. This meaning, it can have both meanings. The darkness didn't overcome the light in Genesis. As soon as the light came, darkness fled. Amen. Just like in your life, as soon as light came, darkness fled. Amen. And just like in this application of John 3:16 through 21 or 20, yeah, 21, we see that the light brings clarity, brings understanding, brings us a knowledge of who Christ is. Amen. You see this also Let's go to John 8 Flip over to John 8 John 8 Verse 12 Again Jesus spoke to them I am the light of the world Whoever follows me will not walk in darkness But will have The light of life Do I need to say any more? I mean that, that's pretty clear right? That that clearly backs up what I'm saying. But we can flip over to John 9 and 5. I'll I'll read a couple more. John chapter 9 verse 5. As long as I am in the world, I am the light of the world. Amen? Jump down to uh, John 9, 30, 39. Verse 39, Jesus said, For judgment I came into the world, that those who do not see may see. And those who see may become blind. So the Pharisees near him heard these things and said to him, Are we also blind? Jesus said to them, If you were blind, you would have no guilt. But now that you say we see, your guilt remains. Matthew chapter 4. Matthew chapter 4. I'm doing a whole lot of Bible aerobics to say today I know I <laughs> hey, ready for workout Get ready for the workout My
1: fingers are going to be like I'm going to you up
0: <laughs> Now this is a prophecy That Jesus is uh, reading At the beginning of his ministry We're going to start at verse 12 It says now when they heard that John had been arrested He withdrew into Galilee Leaving Nazareth and went and lived in Capernaum by the sea in the territory of Zebulun and Nephtali, so that what was spoken of by the prophet Isaiah might be fulfilled, the land of Zebulun and the land of Nephtali, the way of the sea beyond the Jordan, Galilee of the Gentiles to the people's dwelling in darkness have seen a great light. For those dwelling in the region and the shadow of death, on them the light has dawned. And we're talking about Jesus being the light of life. Amen? Now, we know that the word of God, in Psalm chapter 119, verse 105, The word of God is a lamp unto my feet
1: and a light
0: unto my path. Right? What's he lighting up? What you should, shouldn't do. Things that are right, things that are wrong, you're understanding. Amen? So it's not a contradiction in understanding that darkness is not overcome or darkness does not comprehend it. Amen? So, let's go a little farther into this. Verse (laughs) 5. Verse 5 says this. It says, and the light shined in the darkness, and the darkness did not comprehend it. That's what the King James says. Now, the ESV says, the darkness has not overcome it. Amen? Now, what does it mean? Why, why does the ESV say overcome? Because John is clearly drawing on Genesis, and they're thinking of this word in context of Genesis. 1-1. Amen? <clears throat> the Zondervan Study Bible says, uh D.A. Carson says that overcome or understood is translates a Greek verb that could mean either, and here probably means both. Okay? So it's, it does not overcome and does not understand. Okay? So that verb probably means both in this context. The light, the word of God prevails. It overcomes darkness. It does not, and darkness does not understand the light, nor can it. Amen? Amen. That's it. That's it. I forget where it is. I believe it's 1 Corinthians chapter 6. Let's go to 1 Corinthians 6. There's a part here in 1 Corinthians 6 that I want you to remember. Because this is important, especially for us who are, are Christians, who are always completely feel like we're failing. And, and feel like, uh, well, you know, I might as well not try. or I, I'm just going to go live my life the way I want to because, you know, this would be a, a good verse for us to remember, okay? Me included uh 1 Corinthians 6, I believe it's 14. I'm 2 Corinthians 6. Woo, I did it again. They just need to make one book out of the whole thing, okay? One of that Two letters. Come on. All right. This makes more sense. Verse 14. Do not be unequally yoked with unbelievers. For what, has, what partnership has righteousness with lawlessness? Or what fellowship has light with darkness? What accord has Christ with the Or what portion does a believer share with an unbeliever? What agreement has the temple of God with idols? For we are the temple of God. We are the temple of the living God. As God has said, I will make my dwelling among them and walk among them. I will be their God and they shall be my people. Therefore, go out from their midst and separate from them, says the Lord, and touch not the unclean thing, and then I will make then I will welcome you. I will be your father. I will be a father to you, and you shall be sons and daughters to me," says the Lord Almighty. Amen. Now he's making an important statement here. What fellowship does light have with darkness? Hey, Amen. Right. I think we get complacent sometimes when we understand that that God saves me. I don't save me. I'm saved by grace through faith. Amen. But that then sometimes Christians sit down there. And they said, well, since I don't have to do anything, I'm just going to stay right here. But that's fallacy. Because the reality is, if you really have a born-again experience, God is going to change your heart. And you're going to want to live for God. Okay? It's going to be a thing. And you ain't going to have to be forced. ain't going to have to make you. Okay? It's going to be a thing where God changes me. Amen? When light comes into the darkness. We always think about the heart only, but your head is not out of the equation, right? I get so tired of people talking about faith, 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 but they don't know anything at all, okay? you got to know some stuff too, right? I mean, it's, we don't walk around like dumb rob, uh, dumb zombies, just, oh, I'm just living for God. they going through this motion. No, I have to make willing choices to live for God, amen? That's part of being born again. Amen? But we also got to see that the light has to come in to do that. Amen? Nobody's going
1: to
0: gonna, gonna really willingly give up sin. First of all, they don't see it as sin, and they love darkness rather than light. Because while they're in darkness, they don't feel bad about what they're doing. Amen. But when the light comes on, it's like cockroaches, right? Amen. I don't know if y'all ever been in a place had so many cockroaches, okay, that when you fit the I don't want the light because the light's gonna expose our filthiness, our dirtiness, the corruption that's in me. Amen? Amen. That's what this whole book is about, is to expose us and our need for the Christ that John's talking about. Amen. The light came into the darkness to
1: expose me
0: and my works. Amen. Amen. Woo! I'm almost done. Somebody say, praise the Lord. Amen. Right. Acts twenty six eighteen. I want to end with this verse, okay? Acts chapter twenty six. I don't know if everybody's excited about this one being over. The line. Man, you spent a long time on three verses, Pastor. This is three verses. Acts twenty six verse eighteen. Now I'm ending here on purpose, obviously. I actually want to start at verse sixteen. But rise and stand upon your feet, for I have appeared to you for this purpose—to appoint you as a servant and an eyewitness to the things which you have seen in me, and those in which I have appeared, will appear to you. Deliver you, uh, delivering you from your people and from the Gentiles to whom I am sending you to open their eyes so that they may turn from darkness to light and from the power of Satan unto God that they may receive forgiveness of sins and place among those who are sanctified by faith in me. This is important. This is Paul being told why he's being sent to the Gentiles. Amen? Amen. What was his purpose to going to the Gentiles? It's the same purpose that John wrote his book so that the Gentiles will see that Jesus is the Christ, the Son of God. Amen? And, hey, so that, and by Gentiles, you mean us. Yeah, that's us. Amen? Unless you've unless you got some Hebrew blood in you. You're a Gentile, okay? You're, 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 you would have been outside of the covenant of God last time, right? You'd have been outsiders. Amen? Amen. But now you've been brought into the light. I can reference 1 Peter 2, 9, where he talks about, you were once in darkness, but have been brought into this marvelous light. Amen? If you if you ain't read all the oh, I'm, I'm country isn't gets okay? If you haven't read wrote all those verses down, probably not to, because there's a lot of information in there talking about Jesus being the light of the world, he being life. Amen. 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 And then in these last verses talking about the expression of why the light came into the darkness. It was so that God could redeem himself and people that were not his people. Remember that? Those who once were not your people are now going to make a people out of those who once were not a people. You know, God looked at Israel like they was a people. And the rest of us, we weren't people. But we are now in Christ. Because when the light came. Amen. Amen. Come on. Come on. That's good stuff. The whole point of this book is to show you that Jesus is the Christ. The whole point of John is to point to the deity of who Jesus is. He's not just a good man. He's not just a teacher. He's God in the flesh. And my prayer for you and everyone who will watch this uh, replay on Facebook and YouTube and listen to it on whatever social media it's going to be playing on later. I'm praying that They come to know that Jesus is the Son of God. In preaching these messages, the goal is that they come to know that Jesus is the Christ, Son of God, and that they can have life in his name. Amen. Stand to your feet. We're going to pray and close. We're going to pray for the food before we leave. That way we can just get down there and eat. Amen. Let's pray. Father God, we thank you and praise you, Lord, for your word. Lord, we thank you that even if we're only going through this bit by bit, God, there is so much truth, so much knowledge and understanding that can be gleaned from the scriptures right here, God, that it can drastically change our hearts, our lives, understanding the great gospel of Jesus Christ that is being preached here, that Jesus is the only one that can save, that Jesus is God in the flesh, That he came to redeem a a lost and dying world that we could know him, believe in him, and be saved through him. Lord, we ask that you would help us to understand this. Lord, I pray that if there's anybody in this room or anybody that's watching this or listening to it later, God, that if they don't know you and that they have listened to this, God, and that you have pricked their conscience, God, I pray that they would come to faith. In Jesus Christ, Lord, that you would save to the uttermost those who you will. Lord, we will totally, completely trust you that you do that all the time. Lord, we ask that you would bless the food that we're about to receive. We receive it with thankfulness and with glad hearts as we fellowship together. We thank you and praise you. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen.